Hello and welcome to Crafty Hands Club Podcast. I am your host, Carice Jefferson. This podcast talks candidly about all things jewelry making, including tips, techniques, trends, the latest industry news, traditions, self-care, and more. If you're listening for the first time, please subscribe to receive latest episode alerts. Crafty Hands Club can also be found on various social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Feel free to like, follow, or subscribe at any time. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about some of the obvious and not so obvious scams that are happening among jewelry makers and what you as a consumer can do about it. Before going into that, uh, just a brief overview of how things came into formation. So over a decade ago, there's been a number of people getting into jewelry making, which is good. And the reason for that is because the craft is easier to learn compared to, let's say, the 80s and 90s, where you either knew someone that practiced the hobby or you were in some type of club that did these activities. So now people have access to all sorts of things from images, videos, online classes, step-by-step tutorials, make-and-take workshops, and so on. And then there's social media. So we're in 2020, but during the teen years, we saw all sorts of platforms come into existence. And once they gained following, groups were formed on these platforms as well. And that allowed individuals with shared interests to become followers or part of the group. The good thing is what was hard to come by many, many years ago became much easier but that became a bad thing at the same time so what does this have to do with scams that are happening within a handmade community well the jewelry making space especially uh, when it comes to social media groups um, it allowed people to share their work whether it's photo or video and what's interesting about groups is that there might be a shared interest, but not everyone in the group is on the same page. And what I mean by that is some people join groups just to see what everyone else is doing. And that can be for many reasons, uh, to hoard information, just to sound knowledgeable around their peers. Uh, some people are in the group to gossip. You know, don't post or interact or anything, but go back and tell the people that they do talk to everything that goes on in the group. Some people are in groups to seek attention. You know, those are the ones that just always posting something, whether it's relevant or irrelevant. Now, that's different from someone that's an active participator because the person who is actively participating in the group they are posting things that are helpful to other people. It may not necessarily be work of their own, but they are giving 
of value to the group. So for instance, there's one group I'm in and I don't always post what I'm working on or something that I made. You know, it's not, you know, here's a link, here's my website, here's my email address. Usually when people post a question or they share their work, and if I see something that I think that can help them, I just chime in and, you know, offer that because a lot of times they say, what do you think of this? So that's adding value versus the person that just want attention. They're not going to add value. And if they do, it's very, very little and it's very seldom. Uh, other people are just in groups. Let's be honest, to be messy. Someone that's always complaining or always discrediting every post or every other post that goes up in the group. And then you have some people who join groups just to copy um, what other people do. And you can always tell which ones are the copycats because they are the ones in the group that never participate on any post. But when you do see them, they are posting things uh, on there like a piece of jewelry with the same exact design, uh, it could be colors, charms, whatever, as another person who might have posted their work a day ago, a few days ago, or even a few hours or minutes ago. One of the um, leading motivators for some of the scams that's going on is money. There's nothing wrong with money because it is essential to daily living. I mean, be honest, you can't stay anywhere, you can't drive anything if you don't have the means to meet those uh, financial obligations. But the money greed comes in when you have these so-called makers who want to make money, but doing the bare minimum when it comes to work. So those are people that are going to the store buy something marked down 50 to 80% off, get some stretchy cord, and then they want to turn around and charge people 70 to 90 bucks for it just to find a trip to Bali. So you got a lot of people um, that's injury making only because money can be made from it. And I'm just going to be very transparent here if you are going into the jewelry making business solely for the purpose of money it is going to show it's going to show in a lot of ways it's going to show in your product offering it's going to show in the designs that you do it's going to show up when you're vending at an event is going to show up when you're interacting with people. It's just going to show up. And not only is it going to show up in those arenas, it's going to show up in your decision-making arenas as well because you're going to make haste decisions. You're going to make decisions only looking at the bottom line. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to even care about customers. 
And so when people get into jewelry making strictly for the money, uh, they're the ones that don't look at one or two pictures of what someone else did or they watched one or two YouTube videos and now they want to consider themselves designers. So when you have that going on, these people never took the time to learn any fundamentals because it won't get a lot of likes, comments, shares, or hearts on their pages. Now, here's a few scams that happens more than you think within the jewelry community. The first one is false advertising. Not only is false advertising illegal, um, false advertising comes in many ways. So you buy a mass-produced product and you post it on your platform, whether that's your website, social media page, whatever. And instead of telling people that this is uh, a resale item or whatever, you're going to pass it off as if you made it yourself. That is false advertising. You see this a lot with those stack bracelets and you, you'll tell because the colors and the designs are all the same and it might be two or three different colors but it's still the same design got the same charms on there and uh one way to spot um something like that you um when this mask produced come from uh factories that are overseas uh, a lot of times you'll see a metal bead or a crimp cover on the stretch bracelet Anybody who makes jewelry that's been doing it for a while that knows what they, that knows their stuff, they are going to tell you that that is wrong because metal on elastic wears the elastic over time. Just think about it. You're putting on this bracelet on a regular basis and you're taking it off, putting it on, and you got metal on there. It's going to cut into that elastic. Or you may see, if it's not a um, stretch bracelet cord, you might see bad crimping tube on there where it's just like uh, the crimp tube is there, but it's not fully um, flashed. There's no cover on there. And you can just see where things um, start and stop at. Then... Uh, when it's uh, another way to determine false advertisement, it's going to be impersonal where the person's going to post, they might post a picture of them or someone else wearing the piece of jewelry. They're going to post whatever it is that they're selling, but you will never see anything behind the scenes. And if you do see something behind the scenes, they might just put it in an envelope or put it in a box getting ready to ship it but behind the scenes in terms of like getting the material the um materials and supplies together and actually making the item um another form of false advertisement uh you know passing off someone else's uh jewelry as your own that is when People have taken photos and videos of other people's work. They create 
a landing page or they even post it on their social media page say I got this for sale at XYZ price order it today PayPal me or cash app me and let's say you go ahead you like it and you purchase well the problem is the money have reached them but you'll never get the product because they don't have it they know nothing about it and when by the time you reach out to them they're just going to block and delete you then uh, another form is uh, misleading supplies and materials information you know when you are selling jewelry you really want to make sure that you tell people the material types just in case there's customers that are allergic to certain metal that are allergic to certain materials they need to know that so if you purposely don't have that on there or you state that it's not that particular material and supplies and then the person buys it and they have a reaction to that that's a whole nother problem so uh be careful for that and then um promising um unproven qualities uh you see this with healing beads or you might see something that says non-tarnish unless you know for certain that the materials that you have will not tarnish tarnish don't put that in the description don't tell people that and then there's theft uh people steal other people's images which is a uh copyright issue they steal other people's uh designs and this one is kind of tricky because you can't get your inspiration from seeing someone else's work there's been a lot of uh jewelry artists out here that might be inspired by a Van Gogh painting or they were inspired by a store display whether it was the colors or something that just popped it caught their attention that's okay but the straight up copying is not okay <laughs> so it's fine to get inspirations for your jewelry design but it's never okay to flat out copy verbatim what someone else um, does and then um, people steal content people steal uh, website descriptions stealing images stealing videos people also steal um, blog content you know and pass it off so those are some scams that happen another scam when you see a product posted and the only form of payment taken is cash app only you want to be very careful about that now i'm not a fan of cash apps and i don't want to discourage people who have had success with cash apps but here's the uh problem with that when usually when people in the creative space do that the product usually don't exist and so they say cash app because here's where cash app is 
different from a PayPal. Cash App, once you pay that money, it's non-refundable. So you don't get your refund. So you once once the money leaves your hand, that's it. And then, as I said earlier, they'll either remove the page or block and delete you and carry on the scam somewhere else. They just go from platform to platform, from group to group, page to page, running the same exact scam. Uh, shipping time. That's another scam. So sometimes uh, people will post a design or they might have tried, um, bought like enough materials to do one or two items and they post it and they see if there's interest. And instead of saying, this is a pre-order, because the pre-order allows you to get your stuff together. But even if you are in pre-order, you still want to have inventory on hand. Even, you know, a small quantity because you don't know how much of it that you are able to sell until customers respond or don't respond. But you don't want to post an item up there that you absolutely don't have. And so... Thanks to Amazon, you know, most of us are spoiled with the next day or two day or three day delivery. So we're looking to get our items, you know, within 24 to 72 hours, especially if you live in the same state as the seller or the same city. So when people reach out, and they ask people, hey, you know, it's been 10 days, it's been 15 days, I haven't gotten my order. And then they get a defensive attitude. And not to make this about me, but I will share this. There was an episode a couple years ago where uh, I was in a craft group. Well, I'm still up in the craft group. And the person had posted um, a product that they made. And I really liked the product. I was gifting it to someone. And I, you know, I ordered ahead of time. And the first thing that kind of alarmed me was like the 8 to $9 for shipping. And I'm like, this is domestic shipping. Shipping no somewhere between 4 to $5.95, Okay unless it's something that weighs a lot but that wasn't the case here this is a very again it was a small item and um 10 or 12 days later i'm i'm looking and i'm like oh this hasn't came and it was close to the occasion to give it to the person as a gift so i reached out and you know they pretty much acted like they were doing me a favor and I had to tell them you're not the first person that I order from in this group everyone else that I have ordered from in this group I have got my stuff within xyz period and I wasn't lying I was just being real honest about that and I said I've paid my money so I don't appreciate the fact that 
you're acting like you're doing me a favor because you're the one that needs to sell at the end of the day. If don't nobody buy from you, it's basically a hobby. It's not a business. So, you know, let's get that straight. And so after I communicated that, um, they did um, get a rush on it. And I got my items, you know, within the next three days. But the problem is, I should not have had to reach out. First of all, I should not have had waited 10 to 12 days when that wasn't stated anywhere in the checkout process. Secondly, it should not have took for me to reach out. Like, if you're behind on shipping, because I've done this with my customers, you know, if it was a day or two late, I let my customers know, I apologize for that. Whatever it was that took place, I let them know, and I let them know when they will be receiving it. That should have been the same philosophy, but not everybody thinks that same way. So that's an example of uh, a person could be running a scam. Also, uh, with uh, uh, supplies and materials, people could be using materials that are cheap, full of lead, that are poor quality and they're stating high quality supplies that's that goes into false advertising so now i want to talk about what you can do as a consumer number one buy from local makers buy from like if you're not sure because it's always a dice roll even when you read reviews because sometimes you always have a few people that just have bad experiences and it's not always a negative thing it's just people's honest opinion so when you buy from local makers that are in the same city as you you can ask let's meet at a mutual place where i can pick up the item that way you can kind of sense body language, you can pick up on vibes, all of that. Then you can monitor the shipping time. Like, I live in Chicago, so if I order from somebody that's in Chicago, I'm looking to get the package the next day or the day after at the latest, not a week. Then you ask the seller questions. You ask them questions about the jewelry itself, like, what size beads are these? What material is it from? Is it, you know, hypoallergic? Is it, you know, whatever your questions may be. Because once you ask those uh, questions, then that helps give you a gauge, you know, in terms of what people are doing and uh, what they're not doing. Also, you can um, look at other designs. You know, you can look and see what other designs have they done, what has been um, other, you know, customers' experience in terms of, like, testimonies. Um, Video testimonials are very helpful because you can, you know, hear and see if something was scripted or if something is actually legit. Uh, You can uh, look at what other people in the group have posted um, about items that they have ordered from this seller as well. 
you can ask the seller, uh, hey, have you participated in this event or that event that you know is local and that you know fits into their particular niche? Uh, if not, you can ask them, do you have any events coming up? Are you going to have a table? Are you going to be there? When and where? You know, you, you, you have to ask those kind of questions um, because if you don't ask, uh, people always run a uh, circle around you and people will take advantage of you if they see that you're just buying on impulse because you have value when your money is unspent. That money speaks high volume and it speaks high volume until it's spent. So being entrusted over your finances, you have a responsibility to be cognizant of what you're buying, who you're buying from, what you support, and what you stand for. So if you want to know more about the Crafty Hands Club website, please visit www.craftyhandsclub.com. Uh, check out uh, the page and uh, podcast if you're first time listening podcast episodes are weekly and if you haven't subscribed go ahead and subscribe to the crafty hands club podcast those are my thoughts today hopefully this will help you uh, spot out scams among uh, sellers within the diy jury making community if you have any questions Send an email to info at craftyhandsclub.com. See you next week. To learn more about Crafty Hands Club, please visit our website, www.craftyhandsclub.com. Thank you for listening to the Crafty Hands Club podcast. Come back and join us next week.